0: Warning. The following episode contains depictions of animal abuse and implicated sexual violence. Viewer discretion is advised. Hi, welcome to Dead and Roasted. What can I get you? Oh, are you going on break too? I have to say it's been quite the stressful shift so far. What with all the new shipments of coffee beans actually being someone's fingernails and whatnot. How does that even happen? i mean the flavor was nice sure but still we can't go selling that to customers now can we ah but i know why you're here not just for a brief respite but because you want to hear yet another story from someone out there who encountered the horrifying while working well i've got just the delight for you today just one story but it features a young girl who works as a pet sitter for the families in her community However, a relaxing weekend pet sitting quickly turns into a hellish fight for survival. I do hope you're ready to be scared, because when you clock in, you may never clock out. This is a tale from The Break Room. Why I'll Never House it Again from Beatrix is Strange When I was around 15 years old, I house sat, dog sat, and babysat quite frequently. I'd begun to get a reputation around school of being a reliable person who wouldn't throw parties or anything of the sort when I house sat. Usually it would be for the more popular kids I was friends with who would be going off for the weekend getting away with their parents, basically saying I should just hang around their house for the weekend and their parents would give me wads of cash. In actuality, it was the average pay rate. But I was always willing to hang out with my friends' pets or just chill in a house fancier than my family's and get paid to do so. Most people knew about it, and despite some light teasing about me never being invited to an actual party, I honestly enjoyed the work. It allowed me to help out my mom financially and gave me a bit of spending money on the rare occasion I did go out with friends. Probably after a year of this, I got a bit of a strange offer. My math teacher, who was also a family friend, let's call him Mr. C, approached me after class while I was packing my bags. He asked me, Hey, do you still pet sit? I gladly responded that I did, asking why. He told me he and his wife were going to go out of town for the three-day weekend, and he was wondering if I could watch his dog and his house for that time. I happily agreed, telling him my rates. We went about planning when I'd arrive, and when they'd be back at the end of the weekend. At the time, it seemed like a really regular gig, though I'd be lying if I didn't feel a bit hesitant about it with him being my teacher and all that. I hadn't ever house-sat or pet-sat for a teacher before, and I wasn't really sure if he or I could get in trouble for that. But the money was too much to pass on, and honestly, he'd always seemed well-off, especially for a teacher. And I was a bit excited to stay in what I was hoping was a nice house. The next day came and went, After school and my photography club meeting, I was on my way over to Mr. C's house. I told my mom about it the day prior, and promised I'd call her once I got to the house and after they headed out, so she would know I was safe. I drove to the address he had given me and it was legitimately in the middle of nowhere, about 10 miles out of town in the desert. For privacy reasons, I'll just say I lived in the southwest, but I won't go into which state or city I lived in at the time. Suffice to say, it was really quite beautiful there, and felt very much like a nice private getaway. His house itself was a nice adobe-style building, with a wall going around it. I parked next to his and his wife's cars, texted my mom that I made it there safely, then headed to the wooden door of the outer wall that led into his front yard. I knocked, and in case they were inside, I loudly spoke, "'Mr. C., it's B. I'm here to dog-sit.' For a moment, it was just silence, so I knocked and yelled again. Mr. C? It's B. I'm here to house it. After a moment, I heard footsteps on gravel. Finally, he opened the door. Oh, hi, B. Let me show you inside. The yard was gorgeous and wrapped around the whole house from what I could tell. Mr. C led me inside through the front door, which I noticed was mostly glass, There was a guest bedroom, which I would be staying in, the master bedroom, which he asked me to avoid going into, as he felt uncomfortable about it, and if I'm being honest, I did as well. There was the kitchen and dining room, which were both very open, and while going through them, Mr. C said I could help myself to whatever they had in the fridge. We then went on into the living room, which had one couch and one recliner and a massive flat screen TV. Mr. C said I could watch whatever I wanted. He also pointed out where the bathrooms were, and then asked, So, you're ready to meet the dog you'll be watching? I nodded, and he opened their back door, a second sliding glass door, and let in this massive dog. He was a mutt to be sure, but if I had to bet, he definitely had some great Dane in him. This is Roscoe, Mr. C said. Despite how big of a dog he was, he was extremely calm and cautious, and he approached me very meekly. We feed him three times a day, four scoops of dog food. He pointed to the large tub of dog food in the kitchen. It was just about the same height as the counter, and we usually have to refill his water bowl twice a day. I nodded and repeated back the amount he ate and drank. Mr. C continued. You'll need to clean up after him in the yard daily, and maybe take him for a walk or two every day. His leash is by the doghouse outside. I glanced outside and saw the doghouse. It was one of those igloo-shaped ones along with dozens of toys scattered across the yard. Okay, anything else I need to know? I inquired. Hmm, not that I can think of, really. Oh, he's allowed on all the furniture and stuff. Just make sure he's inside once it's hot out. Of course, it's been super hot lately. Mr. C nodded. Yeah, and uh, other than that, Roscoe loves to roughhouse, but just make sure he doesn't break anything. I gave another nod and smiled then crouched down to pet Roscoe some more. He didn't really seem like the roughhousing kind of dog at all, but maybe he was just nervous since I was new. Anyway, I think that's everything, and thanks again, B. We left 50 bucks on the counter for pizza if you wanted to order it any of the days you're here, and a spare key for you to use when you walk Roscoe. Thanks, Mr. C. You didn't have to do that. Oh, it's no worries, B. Thanks again. My wife and I have been wanting to get out of town for months, but we couldn't leave Roscoe here with no one to watch him. He walked to his room while talking, and came back out holding luggage. Welp, time to head out if we're going to get to the hotel on time. Thanks again, B. And with that, he headed out the door of the house, and then the door out of the yard. I turned back to Roscoe and pet him some more. Hey boy, want to watch some TV and relax? I'll be taking care of you for the next few days. He wagged his tail a bit much, still seeming squeamish. I walked over to the couch, and he followed me, hopping into the lone recliner and curling up. I shrugged it off, thinking if he hadn't warmed up to me yet, that was fine. I'd just barely gotten here after all. I texted my mom again that they had left, and that I was still okay. I then turned on the TV and clicked over to Netflix. There was Mr. C's profile, Mrs. C's profile, and a guest one. I was tempted to look through what shows Mr. C had watched but instead clicked on guest. I turned on a horror movie. I think it was one of the paranormal activity movies. I know they had those on there for some time. I settled in for the night after I called to order an extra large Hawaiian pizza. I did open the front sliding door so I could hear when the pizza got there. The cold desert air mixed with the horror movie led me to bundling up under the blanket that was on the back of the couch. Once I heard the knock from the pizza delivery guy, I jumped out of fear. Then after a moment, I realized it was just my pizza. So I ran to the kitchen, grabbing some of the money, then ran outside. I opened the wooden door slightly and peeked out. Hi, one large Hawaiian? Yep, that's it, I said with a grin. I paid the amount and gave a good tip due to how long the drive was. Back inside, the TV was off. That was weird, cause I thought I left it on. I placed the pizza down in the kitchen closed and locked the front door, and walked into the living room. Roscoe was now cowering in the corner, and the TV remote was on the floor next to the blanket I'd tossed off. Oh, I'm sorry, Roscoe, I didn't mean to throw the remote, I said, reaching out my hand. He whimpered and crawled over to me. I pet him as he whined until he stopped, and from there I led him over to the couch. He hopped up and walked in a circle before plopping onto the couch. I went and grabbed some pizza on a plate, making sure to close the box, Hoping to lighten the mood, I watched some sitcoms until bedtime, before heading to the guest room with Roscoe and getting into bed. He actually hopped up under the bed too, and seemed to pass out right away. I, on the other hand, found it hard to sleep. Taps and thuds kept happening throughout the night, but I assumed it was just the house settling, and I wasn't used to it yet. The next morning, I eventually woke to Roscoe pawing at the door, whining. I opened it and he ran to the back door, so I let him out. While he was busy doing his business, I went over to my pizza to grab a slice or two for breakfast. But there was something wrong. I remembered closing the box, but there it was open, and a few more extra slices were missing. At first, I was a bit weirded out, but I quickly assumed I had just eaten more than I remembered the night before, especially with how in and out of the kitchen I'd been. I went ahead and grabbed a slice of cold pizza and ate it while putting my shoes on. Then I went to grab Roscoe's leash. Roscoe was very hesitant to go on the leash, but once I clipped it on him, he seemed like an entirely different dog. He was jumping around and barking in joy. I remember saying something along the line of, Well, it's good to finally meet you, Roscoe. Before heading out for the walk, I made sure to lock the front and back door. Then we headed out the gate. I was greeted by the dirt road, as well as mine in one of their cars out front. I walked him for about an hour, which honestly wiped me out. I wasn't used to walking any dog for that long before. By the time we got back, I was a hot and sweaty mess. Roscoe lapped up water eagerly as I scooped his food for him. I placed his bowl down, and while he was eating, I filled up his water. I then helped myself to another slice of well-earned pizza. Then I shoved the box into the fridge the best I could. Weirdly enough, once I took Roscoe's collar off, he was back to his shy self, and throughout the day when I'd go to pet him, he would just duck out of the way again, flinching. I definitely found this odd, but I thought maybe Mr. C or his wife had dished out some harsh punishments in his youth. I tried to comfort the poor guy, telling him I'd never hurt him, but as I said before, at the time I was new to him. Throughout the day, I relaxed and watched more TV making sure to clean up here and there since I was also house-sitting after all. I made sure to feed Roscoe at all the appropriate times, enjoying basically getting paid to binge Netflix and talk to my friends on the phone all day. However, I didn't tell my friends where I was house-sitting and who for. I had only told my mom, because she and Mr. C had been friends since they were in high school together. I didn't tell anyone else because I was worried it would be embarrassing, or there would be rumors starting or something. Honestly, I didn't want to ruin Mr. C's career, as he'd always been one of my favorite teachers. And I also didn't want any of my fellow classmates to think I was sleeping with one of the teachers. Instead, I'd told them that I was house-sitting for a family friend, and I left it at that. When I went to bed that night with Roscoe, I had trouble falling asleep again. Occasionally, there were thuds and bangs, which kept me up for much of the night, and I remember hearing the distinct sound of the fridge opening I knew that couldn't be the house settling, so this time, I got up. Slowly, I cramped out of the bed and peeked into the kitchen. By the time I had done so, I hadn't caught anyone or anything, and honestly, I was worried I had scared myself really bad with that horror movie the night before. I joked with myself that obviously the house was just haunted, which only made the night worse overall for me. I tossed and turned a lot that night, and when I did fall asleep, I had a nightmare, though I can't remember what it was about, only that I had a lot of trouble sleeping well thanks to it. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters, murder, mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. on iOS and Android. The following morning, probably out of paranoia, I checked all the rooms with Roscoe, starting with the bathroom, then to the living room, kitchen, dining room, then the yard. However, I hesitated to open the door to Mr. and Mrs. C's room. It felt wrong to open it, but I still wanted to be sure, so I did peek inside, and I saw their empty room. I stepped in slowly, turning back to try to get Roscoe to come with me, however he wouldn't follow me. I found it weird, but I guessed that they didn't like Roscoe sleeping on their bed. I checked nervously, looking in their bathroom, and when I saw nothing I went back to the living room and closed the door behind me. I joined Roscoe on the couch, but I found him whimpering again like he was in trouble. Despite Roscoe's weird behavior, the rest of the morning was normal and enjoyable. Around lunchtime, I had accidentally tripped on a rug, spilling grape soda and leftover pizza all over their couch. I panicked, like anyone would at that point, and went to call Mr. C to find out where exactly all his cleaning supplies were. Quickly, I pulled up my contact list, scrolling to C, where I kept all my customers' contact info by putting their last names in as customer. Then I clicked on his name. The phone rang, That's when I heard a phone ringing inside the master bedroom. I froze in fear for a moment and was more than a little freaked out. I crept as quietly as I could to the door and opened it up again. I walked in and on their bed, I saw a cell phone buzzing away with my name on the screen as the caller. I walked over and looked around before hanging up. I tried to rationalize this, assuming Mr. C had forgotten his phone here. I decided I'd just have to call Mrs. C instead. But I didn't have her phone number, so I'd have to call my mom and see if she knew it. But my mom didn't have her phone number either. She remembered in the past not really getting along well with that woman. She told me she would look through some of her old texts and emails to see if she could find it. But in the meantime, she told me to calm down and to just look around the house for some cleaning supplies to try to take care of the mess myself. I was practically in tears since I had spilled it. But my mom's voice comforted me, so I began to search for anything I could use to clean it up. I ended up finding the laundry room and what I thought was the hallway closet. So I got some detergent, hot water, a sponge, and some towels, then went off to cleaning the seats. It took nearly the whole day, but I kept myself at it with the promise of stuffing myself with the other half of the cold pizza I would left, and that I could try to play with Roscoe outside when I was done. A lot of scrubbing and cleaning later, I finished getting most of the stain out. Roscoe had been very comforting while I was cleaning it, lying next to me and giving me kisses throughout the time it took. I remember my back was killing me afterwards, and I stretched up, popping my back, and went to grab some nice cold pizza, since I hadn't eaten any lunch that day. However, when I got to the fridge, the pizza box was practically empty, with only one slice left, Utterly confused and a bit creeped out, I threw out the pizza and the box, and just settled on microwaving one of the frozen dinners they'd left in the freezer. While it was cooking, I fed Roscoe and refilled his water. After that, while I was letting my meal cool, I looked outside to see how dark it was getting. Sorry, Roscoe, no walk today. I'll make it up to you with an extra long walk tomorrow. Roscoe didn't seem bothered in the least, and just went back to licking his bowl clean. I tried to rack my head around how I'd lost so much pizza while I ate, and while I hadn't done it in years, I guessed maybe I'd slept walk, or slept eight, as it was. Maybe it was brought on by me sleeping in a different house. I wasn't entirely sure. I think I was just looking for any non-freaky excuse, and probably should have realized something was wrong much sooner. Around bedtime, my mom called me. She seemed really panicked and she told me that she'd found something out. B, from what I can tell on Facebook, Mr. and Mrs. C got divorced about eight years ago. Huh? Well, maybe he got remarried. I tried to rationalize. Maybe, but B, I'd like you to come home now. I don't feel good about any of this. I thought Mom was overreacting, but I also had to admit I'd been creeped out a bit too. Well, what should I do about Roscoe? I asked. I don't know, B, but I'd really like you to leave. Maybe just bring Roscoe with you and we can just bring him back later. Mom, if it got out I did that, no one would ever hire me again, I protested. B, if you don't come home, I'm just gonna head over there to get you. No, mom, you don't have to do that. I think I'm just freaking myself out. He probably just forgot his phone. Annoyed, my mom responded. Still, I don't like this, B. I'm heading over there if you're stuck on staying there. I sighed. Fine. I'll see you in a bit, mom. I was beyond annoyed at this, and with all my teenage angst, I'd come to the conclusion she didn't think I could do this. With it being super late, I brought Roscoe into my room and closed the door, deciding to just hang out on my phone until mom got there. While scrolling on Facebook, I'd heard more knocking and bumps, and at this point, I began to get more nervous. So I decided to call my mom back, Hey mom, I said. Is everything okay, B? When are you going to get here? I'm starting to get scared. I'll be there in about 20 minutes, but if you can't wait for me to get there, you can start the drive back home and I'll meet you on the road. No, I paused for a moment. No, I'll just wait for you. Are you sure, B? Yeah, I think so- A loud crash sounded from the bedroom next to me. B? B, what was that? Are you okay? I don't know, Mama. I think there's someone in the house. I cried into the phone. B, hide until I get there. I'm gonna call the cops, okay? I'm gonna hang up. Just stay silent and hide. Can you do that, B? Shakily, I responded with a yes, then put the phone down, backing away from the wall. Then I heard a door fly open somewhere else in the house. Footsteps raced towards the guest room door. I ran over and slammed against it, locking it and stepping back. B, let me in. I heard an all too familiar voice on the other side. It was Mr. C. Again he slammed against the door, hard. Why do you have to ruin it by calling your mom, B? It would have been so wonderful. Tears were running down my face as he kept slamming into the door. I ran over to the window opening it and kicking the screen out but instead of running outside i went and hid under the bed roscoe was barking and growling at the door and as ashamed as i am to admit it i just left him there praying that mr c wouldn't get in with the sound of splintering wood i heard roscoe whimpering "Dumb dog i'm your owner you don't growl at me then i heard a hard thud and roscoe yelped in pain I covered my mouth to not start crying louder. Mr. C walked into the room. I watched his feet as he stood still for a moment. He swore and called me horrible names before running to the window and climbing out, shouting for me to come out and that I had nowhere to go, that he had already slashed my tires. Tears poured down my face. I crawled out from under the bed and checked on Roscoe. His ribs were at a weird angle, but other than being in pain, he seemed okay. I grabbed his collar, and I walked with him into the hallway and into the master bedroom. I was assuming he wouldn't go back and check there, so I closed the door, then called 911. 911, what's your emergency? There's someone trying to hurt me, I struggled to say through tears. Alright, sweetie, where are you? I told them the address. Alright, we have someone on the way, but I can stay on the phone with you to keep you updated, okay? Okay. Okay now is there anywhere you can hide yeah I think so there's a closet in this room good go there now are you alone other than your attacker no I have a dog with me okay I'll let the team know bring him with you in the closet and close the door okay I struggled to answer but squeaked out an okay I went to open the closet and there I was faced with something absolutely disturbing All along the walls were pictures of girls from my school, with these disgusting things written with lipstick and sharpie all over them. I dropped my phone and somehow forgot to pick it back up. I think I was just in complete shock. A large portion of them were of me, with what he wanted to do with me written on them, stains on a lot of them from what you can only imagine. I slowly closed the door and huddled down with Roscoe. By the time I realized where my phone was, I heard Mr. C busting down the door to his bedroom. Come on, B, open up. I can show you such a wonderful world. I promise I won't hurt you. He pleaded with me. I felt so sick to my stomach. I began to violently shake in fear and panic. I guess he had seen where my phone was as he then opened the door and stood over me with a rag in his hand. I would later find out it was chloroform. Then Roscoe tore from my grip, his mouth foaming in rage. Growling, he pounced on Mr. C, knocking him over. I ran out of the room, leaving Roscoe behind again, something I still haven't forgiven myself for doing to this day. I then ran straight out of the house. I ran through the yard, my feet crunching the whole way to the gate, and I swung it open. I didn't have my keys in my pocket, so I ran past my car and down the dirt road, crying as I ran. After running a few minutes, I saw lights on in the distance and ran towards them. My mother and the police had arrived. My mom had barely parked her car before running over to me to hold me, tears in her eyes telling me she'd never let me go and that I was okay now. One of the officers stayed with us. The other continued to the house. A while later, a police car drove past us, with Mr. C in the back. I remember his face, the way he glared at me through the window. Roscoe had been injured even more and was in critical condition. He was rushed to an animal hospital and luckily he made it through. My mom and I pushed and pushed to get to adopt him and to this day we have Roscoe, though he's much less of the guard he was when we got him and more of just a big baby now. The police had found a lot of really dark things in that man's house. Terabytes of CP and bestiality on his computer. Horrific journal entries about what he had done to Roscoe, and how he wanted to do that to other girls at my school. But especially me. And despite being the victim, rumors grew and spread around school like wildfire. So my mom and I moved across the country to escape. If there's a moral to the story... I guess it would be this. Parents, if you ever have an uneasy feeling about something, do everything you can to make sure your kid is okay. I know I probably wouldn't be here today if my mother hadn't done all she could. Every day, we leave our most precious ones for much of the day with teachers who often end up being little more than strangers. And on the rare occasion, a teacher might be something more vile than a stranger, something predatory, someone you'd never in your wildest nightmare dare leave your child with. Well, looks like it's time for me to clock back in. I'll see you again on my next break with more tales from the break room. Until then, try to survive your next shift. Tales from the Break Room is a viewer-submitted podcast featuring allegedly true scary stories that happened on the way to, on the way from, or at work. If you want your story to be narrated on the show, send it to us at ericast.com submit. As of April 14th, we're paying three cents per word for stories that are approved and make it onto the show. Submission does not guarantee approval or payment. For a limited time only, PayPal only. Tales from the Break Room is an EerieCast network original podcast hosted by Darkness Prevails. You can follow him on Twitter at Dark Prevails, and you can hear thousands more stories read by him on our other show, Unexplained Encounters. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow and rate Tales from the Break Room on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also enjoy plenty more horror-themed podcasts at EerieCast.com.